0: Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues, and these are the options for supporting the program. Either support.greatdetectives.net to donate via PayPal, uh, or go to uh, the Zelle app and send a to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. That's Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. You can also become one of our Patreon supporters at Patreon.GreatDetectives.net. When you do send in a one-time uh, donation during our listener support campaign, we'll happily send Send you an ebook as well as an additional thank you gift. Among the options that we do have, with a donation of twenty five dollars or more, we'll happily send you uh, one of our uh, colonial radio theater offerings, including. They're Perry Mason and Father Brown uh, Mysteries, and we'll happily send you a volume of those, whichever one you request, with a donation of $25 or more. Also, at the $100 level, will send you a RadioArchives.com gift certificate. There are so many cool things you can buy at Radio Archives, including a lot of... Pulp Fiction audiobooks, in addition to some high-quality old-time radio sets. Uh, so with a donation of 50 or $100, we'll happily send you a gift certificate, and you can go to RadioArchives.com and choose uh, what you would like to get. All right, well, we're going to get back into the swing of things with an episode of Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. The original air date on this one is April the 10th of 1952, and this one is The Mother's Plea Murder Case.
1: Presenting Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons in The Mother's Plea Murder Case, a new weekly feature on NBC's All-Star Festival, of mystery, comedy, music, and drama. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, once again we present Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, one of the most famous characters of American fiction in one of radio's most thrilling dramas, Tonight, the famous old investigator takes from his files and brings to us one of his most celebrated missing persons cases. Tonight's case is entitled, The Mother's Plea Murder. Mr. Keene is presented by Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor. And Beeman's Pepsin, the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion, too. By Chesterfield. Ask your dealer for Chesterfield. The only cigarette that names all its ingredients. And by Anison. Or fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. Now, here's something of interest to you. For breathless moments, for your breathless moments,
0: chew dentine, the gum with <gasps> breath. Taking flavor.
2: Dentine tastes so good.
0: Dentine freshens your breath.
1: Dentine helps keep your teeth sparkling clean and white.
0: Dentine, the gum with breath taking flavor.
1: Before you go out and always after eating, drinking, smoking, refresh your breath with dentine. You'll love dentine chewing gum, for dentine has a wonderful tingling, nippy flavor that lingers on and on. It's delicious. And remember, dentine helps keep your teeth white, too. Keep dentine handy. You'll enjoy refreshing your breath when you chew dentine. So for breathless moments, for your breathless moments.
0: Chew dentine. The gum with breathtaking flavors.
1: Now, Mr. Keene, tracer of lost persons in The Mother's Plea Murder Case. Our scene opens as a middle-aged woman, obviously under great tension and deeply troubled, enters the elevator of an apartment house in New York and asks the question whose answer plunges her into a frightful sequence of horror and murder.
3: I, uh, I want to go to Miss Shirley Spears' apartment. Oh, it's the third floor, ma'am.
4: It's a
5: funny thing. When you came in, I thought I knew you. Or maybe you visit in the building often.
3: I, I've i never been here before.
5: That's Miss Spears' apartment right there.
3: Thank you. Yes? Are you Miss Shirley Spears? Yes. But I'm
6: Mrs. Gilbert Gray. Mrs. Gilbert Gray... Come in. Well? What do you want with me? Miss Spears, I threw away pride, self-respect,
3: all the things I value to come here and plead with you for the sake of my children and my home. Okay,
6: you did. So what?
3: This morning, my husband Gilbert asked me for a divorce so he could marry you.
6: I told him that was the only way he could get me. I've got some pride of my own. You're young and attractive. I can't believe you're in love with my husband. Maybe we both love him for the same reason, Mrs. Gray. But to slice it cold, I mean dollars. I love him because he's my husband. Because he's the father of my children who adore him. Oh, don't make me cry. It ruins my makeup. If it's money you want, I'll give you everything I have. How much is that? $20,000. <laughs> $20,000 against his cool million? Don't make me laugh. You're cheap and vulgar and horrible. Ah! Oh,
3: she, she's dead. i got to get out of here without being seen. But how? How? I've come to you in desperation, Mr. Keene. You're the only person I could think of to help me. My name is Mrs. Gilbert Gray. Sit down,
7: Mrs. Gray. This is my partner, Mike Clancy. Pleased to meet you.
3: Mr. Keene, I came about the murder of a girl named Shirley Spears.
4: Shirley Spears? Mr. Keene, sir, I I just finished reading about that murder in the paper. You did, Mike? The police are scouring the town for a woman the elevator lad at the apartment gave them a description of. He says he took her up, but she never came down again.
3: I'm that woman, Mr. Clancy.
4: Saints, preserve us.
3: Mrs. Gray, were you in
7: the murdered girl's apartment when she was killed?
3: Yes. I escaped through the back service stairs. Mr. Keene, you've got to help me.
7: Mrs. Gray, I must ask you the direct question. Did you murder the girl, Shirley Spears?
3: I'm a religious woman, Mr. Keene. I'll put my hand on the Bible and swear that I didn't. She deserved being killed if a creature ever did, but...
7: To help you, I must know all the details. What was the purpose of your visit to Shirley Spears?
3: Oh, Mr. Keene, don't ask me to tell you that.
7: Then I can't take the case, Mrs. Gray.
3: A tigress fights for her cubs, Mr. Keene. Her mother fights for her children. Yes? I was pleading with her and begging her. I offered her every penny I have to let my husband alone. I see. She laughed at me. And just then a shot rang out. And she fell dead before me. I knew then that I had to get out of that woman's place or be caught there and accused of murdering her.
7: Boss. Now let Mrs. Gray go on, Mike. The evidence she presents against herself is so black it seems only an innocent person telling the truth would present it.
3: Then you will help me, Mr. Keene. Yes,
7: provided you promise to do exactly what I tell you. You must surrender yourself to the police immediately, Mrs. Gray.
3: But to the police?
7: And be as frank with them as you've been with me. You made a grave mistake
4: leaving the murder scene.
3: But, Mr. Keene...
4: It's good advice Mr. Keene has given. But... Now, if your case goes before a judge and jury, evidence of attempting to escape will go bad with you. Before a judge and jury? Mrs. Gray, has your husband
7: sufficient means to furnish bail if the police arrest you?
3: The last words she said were $20,000 against his cool million.
7: Is your husband, Gilbert Gray, the wealthy lumberman?
3: Yes, Mr. King, And a finer husband and father never lived until he met that girl.
7: Mrs. Gray, you mentioned the murdered girl's last words. Tell me, what led up to them?
3: I'd told her I couldn't believe a young girl like her could love Gilbert. And that I loved him as my husband and the father of my children. Yes? And she said something about maybe we both loved him for the same reason. His dollars. It was Horrible.
7: Here's the address of the police station, Mrs. Gray. The sooner you arrive there, the better.
3: I'm in your hands, Mr. Keene.
7: Mike Clancy and I will call on your husband and arrange for your bail. You are Mr. Gilbert Gray? Yes. My name is Keene,
8: and this is my partner, Mike Clancy. Mr. Keene, Mr. Clancy, come in. Well, Mr. Keene, I just received a phone call from my wife... that thanks to you, the police are holding her for murder. I demand an explanation.
7: Your wife came to me for help,
8: Mr. Gray. So you threw her into jail. Strange way to help her, I must say. Besides, she doesn't need your help. Well, maybe it's you yourself that needs help. And why so, Mr. Clancy? My wife, in a jealous rage, killed a young woman who was employed in my office. Mr. Gray...
7: You seem as firmly convinced that your wife is guilty of murder as I'm
8: convinced she's not. Mr. Keene, I realize the position she's in, and I will get her out myself. I know exactly how to do it, and very quickly.
7: How, Mr. Gray? By confessing you were the murderer? What's that? As I understand the situation, you asked your wife for a divorce so you could marry the murdered Shirley Spears.
8: Did my wife tell you that?
7: Yes. And she also informed me that the fatal shot was fired almost the instant the murdered girl made the statement that the only reason she was attempting to break up your home and marry you was, as she put it, for your dollars. What? If you were concealed in the apartment and overheard that statement... I
8: wasn't in Shirley Spears' apartment when my wife was there, Mr. Keene. So I didn't overhear anything. And I didn't kill her.
7: The police will undoubtedly bring up that possibility, Mr. Gray... I've drawn no conclusions myself.
8: Mr. Keene, I'm sure you rate me among the lowest of the low, and I am. My wife is the most wonderful woman in the world, and few men have children like ours. I must have been out of my mind to involve myself with a girl like Shirley. Remorse often comes too late, long after the harm is done. Mr. Keene, I want you to investigate this case for my wife and myself jointly, I work with the police, Mr. Gray. And my investigation is solely in the interest
7: of your wife. But, Mr. Keene... I will do everything in my power to prove her innocence. But to accomplish that, I'll have to prove someone else guilty. I...
8: Hello? Uh, yes, yes, he's here. It's for you, Mr. Keene, Lieutenant Hale of the police. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gray.
7: Hello, Lieutenant Hale. You have... That's very interesting. We'll be there at once. Goodbye. Mr. Keene, have the
8: police found anything else against my
7: wife? I fear so. The elevator boy at the murder building has positively identified Mrs. Gray. I suggest you accompany Mike Clancy and me to the police station. Our car is outside.
1: Now back to Mr. Keene and the Mother's Plea Murder Case. Mrs. Agnes Gray, the wife of a millionaire lumberman, has come to Mr. Keene begging him to save her from a murder charge. When her husband, Gilbert Gray, asked her for a divorce so that he could marry Shirley Spears, his young secretary, Mrs. Gray had gone to Shirley's apartment to plead with her. During their quarrel, Shirley was shot to death. But Mrs. Gray insists she was not the murderer. Mr. Keene has learned from the elevator boy, Tom Emmett, that Mr. Gray had given him a $50 bill as a bribe to conceal the fact that Gray was also at Shirley Spears' apartment near the time of the murder. Now, Mr. Keene and Mike are returning to their office, where Mrs. Gray's young son, Jack, is waiting to see them. And Mike is saying,
4: Mr. Keene, sir, look through the glass. It seems Mrs. Gray beat us to the office. She's inside talking to a young lad. No doubt it's her son, Jack. I'll
7: open the door, Mike.
3: Oh, Mr. King. I knew you'd have me released from that jail. Uh, Mrs. Gray, I assume this is your son, Jack? Yes, Mr. Keene. The pride of my life. But it's the first time he's ever held back on telling his mother what he's up to. I can't get it out of him. What he's doing here... Mother,
2: I came to tell Mr. Keene that neither you nor Dad murdered Shirley Spears... I killed him, Mr. Keene. I'm the murderer. No,
3: Jack. Mr. Keene, Mr. Clancy,
2: don't believe him.
4: And why did you kill a young fella? Because she was pulling your father away from your mother?
2: That's right, Mr. Clancy. And I expect to go scot-free. Her son's got plenty of justification for killing a woman who's breaking up his parents' home.
3: Mr. Keene, Jack is just saying he killed that girl to save me.
7: Calm yourself, Mrs. Gray. Go
2: on, Jack. Mr. Keene, it will hurt my mother to hear it, but... I was mixed up with Shirley Spears myself.
3: No, Jack, no. It's
2: true, Mother. What? I was there when you pleaded with her to give up Dad for our sake. And when I heard her laugh at you, I shot her. Arrest me, Mr. Keene. No,
3: arrest me, Mr. Keene. I deceived you. I killed her.
7: I'm convinced you didn't, Mrs. Gray. You're attempting to pay the penalty for what may be your son's crime.
2: That's just it, Mr. Keene. Mother sacrificed her whole life for Dad and her children.
7: Jack... How did you gain admittance to the murdered girl's apartment?
2: Why, I rang the bell and went in, that's all. Did you walk up or take the elevator? I took the elevator. Why?
4: Mike? Uh, Yes, Mr. Keene, sir? Please phone
7: Tom Emmett, the elevator boy at the murder apartment. Tell him we're bringing up another suspect for him for possible identification. Okay, boss. I'll use the phone in the back office. I came to you for help, Mr. Keene.
3: And you gave me your solemn promise.
7: So I did, Mrs. Gray.
3: The only help I ask of you now is to charge me with murder. I won't have my son pay for my crime.
7: What a wife and mother you are. Few like you in the world today. Oh,
4: Mr. Keene, sir. uh, The elevator lad says that he'll be there another hour. Thank you, Mike. We'll drive Jack out there.
3: Mr. Keene, I'm going back to the police station and confess to that girl's murder.
2: Mother! 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 I'll bring her back, Mr. Keene.
3: Here, not so fast, me buckle.
4: You're going with Mr. Keene and me to be identified.
2: I don't have to be identified, Mr. Clancy. I've already confessed. Isn't that enough, Mr. Keene? The stronger the case against
7: you, Jack, the better for your mother. If the elevator boy identifies you, I'm certain the police will pay no attention to your mother's confession. In
4: other words, she'll be released. That's saying it all, Mr. Keene, sir. Hello, Mr. Keene speaking. Mr. Keene,
8: this is Gilbert Gray.
7: Oh, yes, Mr. Gray. Are you speaking from your home?
8: Yes. My daughter Vera is very anxious to talk to you. She's in a high state of excitement. Indeed? Vera claims, and I believe her, that her fiancé murdered Shirley Spears.
7: Your daughter Vera's fiancé killed the woman you were involved with and wanted to divorce your wife to marry?
8: It does sound unreasonable, but it's a fact chap's name is Lionel Curtis, and he's here now.
7: What was his motive?
8: He had a prime motive, Mr. Keene. While he was ardently courting my daughter, he was actually using that as a blind.
7: As a blind? Why?
8: Because he knew my regrettable connection with Shirley and wanted to throw me off the track. He himself was infatuated with her, and when Shirley told him our plans, he murdered her.
7: While your wife was pleading with her to give you up, Mr. Gray?
8: Yes, Mr. Keane. My daughter saw him going in the apartment house where Shirley lived a matter of minutes before the murder. Mr.
7: Gray, your wife has already confessed the murder. What? But I think she did it to save you.
8: Does that mean you want me to confess to save her, Mr. Keane?
7: No. Your son Jack has confessed the crime.
8: I tell you, the murderer is my daughter Vera's fiancée. Lionel Curtis.
7: The case rests on identifications. Whose, Mr. Keene? I'll ask the police to escort you to the murder apartment with your daughter's fiance.
8: And I refuse to go there, Keene. I'll spend a million to get my
7: wife and son out of this mess, but I won't go to that place. I think
4: the police will persuade you, Mr. Gray. Goodbye. Mr. Keene, sir, I heard it all on this extension. And if I ever listen to a cock and bull story... That's it. You and Jack Gray go to the car, Mike, while
7: I acquaint Lieutenant Hale with my plans. I'll join you in a moment. Okay, boss. Come on,
4: Jack.
2: Yes, Mr. Clancy.
4: Oh, Mr. Keene, there's that elevator boy, Tom Emmett, waiting at the door for us. So I notice, Mike, Uh, Tom?
5: Oh, hello, Mr. Keene.
4: Tom,
7: look carefully at this young man and tell me, did you take him to the murdered girl's apartment in the elevator this morning? That's funny, Mr. Keene. I did.
2: Just before I took Mrs. Gray up.
7: Well, Jack, I confess I didn't believe you were on the murder scene. I told you I was there, Mr. (laughs) Keene. Mr. Keene, is is this
5: the guy that bumped off Miss
7: Spears? It may be, Tom, but I'm expecting the police with other suspects for you to identify.
5: More, Mr. Keene? Oh, well, I'd be a big shot when it comes out in the papers. I was working with you. <laughs> Excuse me if I pop a button off my vest.
4: Well, Mr. Keene, sir, it's Lieutenant Hale. And he's got Mr. Gray and his wife. And that young fella, I guess, with him is, is Lionel Curtis. Good afternoon, Lieutenant Hale. It's always
5: gratifying to work with you. And with you, Mr. Keene. Although I'm not entirely in agreement that your client, Mrs. Gray, isn't our killer.
3: I confess to the murder, Mr. Keene. But I'm grateful to you for trying to save me. Mrs.
2: Gray,
7: you confessed a murder you didn't commit to save your husband and
2: your son, Jack. That's what I've been telling Mr. Keene, Mother. When Dad told me that the police were holding you, I, I couldn't take it. I had to own up.
7: Oh, son...
8: <laughs> Mr. Keene. Yes, Mr. Gray? Neither my wife nor my son Jack murdered Shirley Spears. Here's the killer, Lionel Curtis. Mr. Keene,
1: this old two-timer is lying his head off.
8: The question is, can you prove he is Lionel?
5: Well, I was ten miles away from here when Shirley was shot.
7: Can you prove that? Well, I, well, I don't know. Tell me a uh,
5: Yes, Mr. Keene?
7: Can you identify this man as going to the murdered girl's apartment shortly before she was killed?
5: I can and I do. Say, do you think he killed her?
7: I'm getting all mixed up. You've already identified Mrs. Gray as a visitor, Tom.
5: Yes, sir, but I don't think she done it.
7: And you gave evidence that Mr. Gray, her husband, gave you this $50 bill to say he wasn't in the murder apartment.
8: That's right, Mr. Keene. I wasn't taking no payoff to life to to keep a guy from getting a murder rap. Mr. Keene, I never gave this boy $50. I wasn't near Shirley's apartment today. I I, I swear I wasn't.
7: Lieutenant Hale had your movements traced, Mr.
8: Gray. What?
7: And he discovered you were not. Is that correct, Lieutenant?
5: Mr. Gray wasn't here. Neither was his son, Jack, Mr. Keene. Only Mrs. Gray was. I'll let you make the arrest, Lieutenant Hale. Right. I arrest the person you told me you suspected, Mr. Keene. This elevator man, Tom Emmett.
8: You're talking through your hat, copper.
5: When you tried tricks on Mr. Keene, you put yourself in the electric chair, Emmett. How'd you get me, Keene? The police unearthed
7: the fact that
5: you, Tom, were the real lover of Shirley Spears. Yeah, I was until this old goat Gilbert Gray came along. Then she ditched me.
7: You, Tom, identified three people as being on the scene whom the police proved were not. And you gave me this $50 bill as coming from Mrs. Gray's husband. And that made me suspect you in the beginning. Why? It seemed unreasonable a man of Mr. Gray's intelligence would take a chance like that on an elevator boy. I had the bill fingerprinted by the police. Mr. Gray's prints were not on it. But yours were, Tom Emmett. It was all quite simple.
3: Mr. Keene, you saved me and my husband and my home. The good God in heaven will reward you.:
7: Your gratitude to... is the most valued reward I can hope for, Mrs. Gray) <laughs>
1: So Mr. Keane finds the solution to the mother's plea murder case. If you would like to know a quick, easy way to ease the pain of a headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, then by all means try Anison. Your own dentist or physician may, at one time or another... Have handed you an envelope containing Anison tablets. Then you already know how incredibly fast and effectively Anison brings relief. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients. For your own sake, try Anison. Anison is sold to you on this guarantee. If the first few tablets do not give you all the relief you want, as fast as you want it, you may return the unused portion and your money will be refunded. You can get Anison tablets at any drug counter. Anison comes in handy boxes of 12 and 30 tablets and economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. Listen again next week to Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, a new weekly feature on NBC's All-Star Festival of Mystery, Comedy, Music, and Drama. Brought to you by Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor, and Beeman's Pepsin, the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion, too. By Chesterfield, the only cigarette that names all its ingredients. Sound off for Chesterfield, the cigarette that's much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste, and most important, no unpleasant aftertaste. And by Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, is based on the novel Mr. Keene. The radio sequel is originated and produced by Frank and Ann Hummer. Dialogue by Frank Hummer, directed by Richard Leonard. Philip Clark plays Mr. Keene. Your announcer, Jack Costello. Remember, Mr. Keene is on the air at this same time every Thursday at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss Mr. Keene next Thursday when the kindly old tracer turns to the Apple Orchard murder case. Dragnet Authentic Adventure is next on NBC.
8: Sandra J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio.
0: Welcome back. I guess you can add just making up a bunch of people who showed up at the scene of the crime who actually didn't is not a good way to ensure that you get away with murder. In fact, you're just casting suspicion into too many different directions. Though I do give them credit for some misdirection because, you know, you bring in all of these uh, suspects and it turns out to be none of them, but rather the elevator guy. It's also worth noting that in the Mr. Keen universe that apparently the... uh, Uh, Policemen are also the judges as they're making unilateral decisions about bail and such, which I guess would mean that Mr. Keene was just a gentler and less technologically advanced uh, version of Judge Dredd. Or maybe that was just a writing goof. Today's episode was actually the last NBC episode we have in circulation, so the remaining episodes are from when the series returned to CBS, and it also marks that we are running out of weeks of the program left. So I do want to let you know that in four weeks, our Listener's Choice countdown will begin. So that is only four weeks away. And we'll start to find out how listeners voted in the uh, recent listeners' choice voting. Some really interesting results, and I can't uh, wait to start uh, sharing that with you. Now, listener comments and feedback, and uh, we have this from Bill, who writes, Listening to this episode, I came up with the uh, Mr. Keen drinking game. Uh, you do one shot whenever someone says, Mr. Keene, the famous investigator. You do two shots whenever Mike Clancy says, Saints preserve us. And you do three shots whenever Mike shoots somebody. Thanks, Bill. I hasten to add that uh, I do not recommend uh, driving or operating heavy machinery while playing Bill's game. And then we have another recommendation on Facebook. Uh, Christine writes, very entertaining. I listen every night as I go to sleep. Well, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate that, uh, Christine. And uh, we're going to wrap up in a second. I do want to uh, encourage you, go to support.greatdetectives.net or donate uh, through the Zelle app, Box 13 at greatdetectives.net, or send a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. I encourage you to support the show, support.greatdetectives.net. Among the thank you gifts that are available, we've got a couple of the Jim French Productions uh, sets that have actually gone on to Audible. Uh, So we have the Further Adventures of Sherlock Holmes and the First Adventures of Harry Nile set, uh, the Seattle Blues. Both of those will be available with a donation of $75 or more. They're also available on CD with a donation of $125 or more. And there are some other sets that haven't been made available on download, including an additional set of uh, Harry Nile. And then there's Imagination Theater, The Investigators, which has uh, a few cases with a bunch of different detectives that Jim French Productions made, including uh, some episodes of Dameron. A full list of available uh, thank you gifts is at support.greatdetectives.net. Alright, well that will do it for today. Send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.com and follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.